You're listening to Ion Health on Dubai I 103.8, delving into your overall well-being with Arab Health. You are listening to Ion Health with me, Helen Farmer, here on Dubai I 103.8, brought to you by Arab Health and MedLab Middle East. How do you feel about telemedicine? I feel like COVID has brought on this term leaps and bounds, but what are the long-term implications? How is it being used right here, right now in the UAE? Speaking to us now from Cleveland Clinic in Abu Dhabi is Dr. Martin E. Lascano. He is an MD staff physician in nephrology and uh, an expert in hypertension as well. Um, I haven't spoken about COVID actually on this show for quite some time, which feels like a bit of a strange one because it has impacted us in so, so many ways. But for me, it was during COVID when so many of us became familiar with getting our own data, whether that was through PCR tests and apps, but also through telemedicine, where the opportunities and comfort level to actually go to a clinic and see a physician were were totally diminished. And I wondered if it wasn't for the pandemic, do you think we'd be where we are when it comes to this area of healthcare, doctor? Thank you very much, Helen, for the opportunity to share this with you and with the listening audience. Um, You're absolutely right. I think COVID-19 pandemic greatly accelerated the adoption of these technologies um, that were certainly being developed and slowly penetrating in our daily lives. But the pandemic really sped things up to light speed. And what we thought would take years to implement, we ended up setting up in the matter of weeks. Um, For Cleveland Clinic Abu Dhabi in particular, we were already developing platforms to enable uh, telemedicine uh, virtual encounters with uh, audio and video assist before the pandemic, but everything uh, became uh, a reality very quickly Mm -hmm. in the first few weeks of the pandemic where we had to shift all of our in-person encounters to digital over the matter of of, of a few days. Um, And it was by force. Mm -hmm. Um, It was necessity. That's right. Yes, yes, absolutely. We had patients who, due to the travel limitations, the PCRs, the the, the, the restrictions crossing Emirates, um, we had to do it. Um, and we very quickly initiated first with audio only, but added a component of, of, of bidirectional audio and video so that we could better interact with our patients. Now, that's just one of the layers of what telemedicine is. So People typically think of telemedicine as these um, synchronous video visits where you can interact with someone, but there's a huge component that we've also been developing over the course of the past few years, which is a a, a patient portal. And we like to think of it as as our digital front door where we have um, um, a space for patients to access their medical records. They can see their test results. They can see the imaging study. So if they get an x-ray, if they get a scan, they can actually see the pictures there too, plus the report. They have the ability to do bi-directional texting with their care team. So if you see me as a physician, you have the ability to send me a message if you have a question about your, your health, uh, the ability to uh, order uh, prescription refills for their medication, mm-hmm. uh, to request medical records from our medical records team. and. That's just the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot more functionality in there that that, that, that we have available uh, through the application uh, to our patients. Doctor, what's the comfort level of patients in, in this sense? Because, you know, we've got 
We've got an aging population here in the UAE, which is a good thing. People are living longer. Um, but we've also got a generation that's never been without the internet. We've got these digital natives who've never known that awful sound of the internet dial-up and their mum coming on the phone and telling them to get off. Um, so how how do you how have you noted in terms of demographics being um, yeah comfortable? I guess is the right word using these technologies. You know, very, very good point. There's certainly a spectrum of, of, of the comfort level. And I can say the same for my colleagues. We have old school physicians who would prefer to document everything on on, on, on paper and write down everything uh, and are somewhat challenged with the technology. So there's there's certainly a barrier of adoption and at, at, at all levels, at mm-hmm. the provider level and at the patient level. This region of the world in particular, like you mentioned, has a very high penetrance of, of mobile phone users uh, and people are very familiar with applications, not just for medicine, but for everyday aspects of their lives. So it was a easy transition for those that are savvy with technology. As you mentioned, for the elderly population, we, we, we've had some more challenges, but we tend to rely on family members or companion caregivers who can assist them with logging in, with uh, activating the application and joining on the video visit. Um, and it becomes a, a, a nice interactive session with, with, with other members of the family. It's, it's not just restricted to the patient. You can be in, in, in any of the Northern Emirates connected with us and we can see three family members and the patient together. And it gives them the opportunity to interact with us, ask questions and, and be participants in their loved one's care. I think that's a really pertinent point about that accessibility piece um, in terms of being able to access somebody, but also ge- geographically as well. Can we talk about some of the other benefits that you've noticed there um, at Cleveland in terms of everything from ease? I mean, for me, telemedicine, we're all busy in the UAE. <laughs> you know, I think about drive time. I think about parking. You know, it's all of all of these things that can add up to someone having to take half day off work for example versus being able to go into a private space and chat for half an hour what are the benefits you seeing to the patient when it comes to telemedicine absolutely so yeah that 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 bringing down the geographic barriers as you mentioned is one of the biggest ones um it 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 speeds up the 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 communication back and forth between patient and 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 provider so just to give you an example of what I do uh, as a clinician dealing with hypertension patients, I would see your blood pressure records when you brought that record with you to the appointment with me. And I would review your blood pressure readings. We would say everything is going fine. Whereas now we could have remote patient monitoring where I enable a way for you to upload your blood pressure results or even better interface your blood pressure machine through Bluetooth into our electronic medical record and I get those readings instantaneously. Wow. So the loop of, 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 of feedback is a lot shorter and it gives us as clinicians a, 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 a much um, enhanced ability to make quick changes, to alert patients, mm-hmm. to modifications in their therapy to encourage additional lifestyle measures. And that applies to many other chronic conditions like diabetes, hypertension, heart failure. Um, And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Where do you wear? How do you feel about wearables then in terms of being able to give that instant data to you as a doctor? Absolutely. They're tremendous. um, They're a tremendous tool in this whole armament. Uh, um, We're currently working on Um, interfacing uh, these devices because we understand that the physiologic data that they generate is valuable for us. 
We will not rely solely on the measurements that we take during your appointment with us, mm -hmm. which happens three, four times a year, but we can get continuous data from you and your regular uh, environment, you doing the things that you do on a daily basis. Um, so it gives us a lot more information. I can tell you one of the challenges we face now is that we have too much data. Before we didn't have enough, but now we're getting a tremendous amount of information that we need tools as clinicians to be able to filter out, uh, remove some of the noise and know when it is that we need to intervene. So we also need to work on developing um, clinical decision support tools and bring in artificial intelligence tools to help us navigate this world where we're going to get a lot more information than what we had before. We are and I feel like we're in the depths of it now as you're saying it's all that interpretation and, and you know trying to you know put, put those puzzle pieces together but you know down the line we'll be able to zoom out and be able to see these incredible you know patterns and trends and you know be able to even look at you know, potential threats. We saw this, in the, you know, with you know, implication of the pandemic as well. But yeah, we are. It's it's become the the technological age of of healthcare when we think about what we've had in the past. And healthcare has traditionally been quite slow to adopt a lot of you know practices because of the very real reason of not wanting to put lives in danger and people being obviously reluctant to be something of a guinea pig when it comes to these things. But I think you're absolutely right with the UAE being so agile and look at the Al Hassan app, for example, you know, how, how quickly we were able to roll that out, how quickly we've all become familiar with that. This feels like a really exciting region when it comes to technology. Um, and I wondered if there are any kind of specialties that really lend themselves to telemedicine or if there's any subspecialties that you think, oh, my goodness, this is just going to absolutely fly and, you know, the, the sky's the limit. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think that there are certain specialties where... Uh, 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 a proper physical exam and a face-to-face -face interaction is is necessary. Of course. Um, I would say that that um, the the mental health specialties, uh, psychiatry, psychology, uh, mm -hmm. are the ones that utilize it the most because of the uh, nature of, of of how they interact with patients. But even specialties that do require you to be present for, say, an imaging study or blood tests or or, or a physical exam. There's a lot that you can do as a preliminary by interacting digitally. And you can agree on the plan to do those other steps at a subsequent uh, visit. Um, so we've opened this technology up for all of our specialties. Um, and we leave it up to the individual clinicians to determine if it, it's used as a full-fledged visit or if it's an introductory appointment where you determine what additional steps are going to be needed mm -hmm. um I, I think that provides patients with a with a with a with a spectrum of choice that was not there prior to this technology being put into place and i think a lot of people are looking at that kind of hybrid approach really because for me you know, I, I hope, you, hope you and your colleagues would never feel threatened by, by AI and think, you know, they're going to be robot doctors, at, you know, down the line, because we're always going to need, of course, that level of education, but most importantly, that sense of humanity as well. And it's, I guess, working alongside some of these opportunities. You know, could there be an opportunity for there for extensions such as, you know, at-home blood tests that, that, we know, that data would then be fed back that are going to be becoming more and more widespread? So we're reducing the need to visit a lab or a clinic in the first place. That would be wonderful if, 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 if we could do as much as we can in the patient's own environment, uh, avoiding the need for, for, for travel, commuting, uh, loss of time at work, loss of time with family. Um, 
I think that the dream world is that we have a full interfaces between all clinics, all laboratories, all sites, mm -hmm. and that whatever you do in any of the facilities that are close to you is able to be communicated to the clinician that you choose to share that information with, and that you as a patient have full access to that information no matter mm -hmm. where you're going. Um, I think that's going to be the ultimate um, dream that we all aspire to, to achieve one day. Long gone, hopefully the days of me going to a different, you know, osteo with my CD of images of my dodgy knees and you know, all of that <laughs> being a kind of a central, a central bank as such, which we are seeing in Abu Dhabi, of course. Um, what do you think are some of the challenges, some of the barriers that we still need to overcome in order for this to be really realise its full potential? So like I was discussing earlier, there's certainly some, um, let's call it uh, digital literacy barriers that, 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 that some patients encounter. Mm -hmm. um, but we can always tailor uh, our ability to communicate with them uh, via telephone, for example, if they don't know how to operate the, the app and the camera and so forth. Um, the big barrier that I was mentioning for us as clinicians is how to fit this into our other daily activities, interacting with patients in person, mm -hmm. while at the same time dealing with this additional volume of data that's flowing from our patients, their messages to us, the data from their physiologic monitors that they might be using at home. So that's where we are developing uh, clinical decision support and trying to bring a layer of AI to help us manage these uh, um in a more rational way. Mm -hmm. and, and and I'll end up by saying that the other big aspect is that um, the regulators, the insurance companies need to understand yes. that this is here to stay. This is not going away. Mm -hmm. So we need to give the appropriate time, reimbursement, and, and, and value that this has in the space of healthcare as a whole and understand that the old world of brick and mortar hospitals and clinics will still be there. It's mm -hmm. never going to go away. We still need to have these physical spaces, but that this digital world is growing and it will continue to grow and it will be at our peril if we choose to ignore it. Yeah, it's true. Evolve or be extinct. Um, before I let you go back to your very busy clinic there at Cleveland, um, I, it would be remiss of me to not ask you a little bit about kidney health and, and blood pressure because I think whenever I have a, a great expert on the air, I always want to find out what you know through, you know, through your years of experience. And I'm talking about prevention, I guess, rather than treatment. So for everyone listening today, in terms of maintaining good kidney health to start with, what do you tend to advise? If you could wave a magic wand over the people of the UAE, so they wouldn't need to come and see you, <laughs> Dr. Lescano, what would you, what would you <laughs> like to say? Sure. Uh, well, first of all, please come and see me if you need me. I'm here. <laughs> Happy, happy to see anyone who needs me, either in person or digitally. Happy to interact either way. Now, in terms of, of, of prevention of kidney health, uh, it's a tricky one because kidney disease is silent. It's not one of those organs that gives you pains, aches, or any specific issue. Most people that complain of back pain, it's not your kidneys. It's your muscles and, and, and spine that are producing that pain. So to detect kidney issues, you need to... Number one, check your blood pressure. That's how you will find out if you have elevated blood pressure. And there is no way of doing this without actually checking your blood pressure. Um, so I encourage anyone to visit their primary provider, their, their GPs on a regular basis so that they monitor their blood pressure. If they have blood pressure issues, uh, attend to it, take your medication, be compliant with that. 
Now, in terms of protecting your kidneys, the two biggest offenders to your kidneys are hypertension, so high blood pressure, and diabetes. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, we see those two coexist as a combo in many of our patients, mm-hmm. and, 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 and it augments the damage and the potential for development of chronic kidney disease and progression to, to full-fledged kidney damage over time. So it's imperative that you take good care of those two conditions if you do have them. Mm-hmm. Weight control is very much linked to both of these two issues. Um, and, and, and all of that revolves around lifestyle, um, what your diet consists of. Mm-hmm. Uh, high salt in the diet tends to drive blood pressure up high calorie content tends to drive your weight up. So um, a lot of these things are ultimately down to what we eat, how much we exercise, how you have your day-to-day lifestyle fit into a pattern that will help you prevent not only kidney disease, but heart disease and progression of many of these other chronic uh, conditions that are very much linked to each other. And in terms of blood pressure, We're a stressed nation. We're all working very hard here in the UAE. Um, Are there any good lifestyle factors that you found to be effective in patients? And I'm obviously not talking about when things get to the point where you do need to be looking at medication and having that, you know, controlled by a medical professional. Just anyone who thinks, probably a bit on the high side, I need to, I need to make some changes. Sure. I would, I would say to name a few, um, Lowering the salt intake in your diet, uh, particularly fast foods, are notorious for mm-hmm. that. So the content of, uh, put, of the, put the bucket of, the of chicken down. Outlets, <laughs> yeah, yeah fr- fried chicken, the hamburgers, the pizza. Um, they want you to consume all their salt, so that you you buy all of their soft drinks also. So <laughs> have a have a uh, liter. They, yeah, I know <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so so minimizing uh, the 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 takeaways and the, and the deliveries and 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 opting for home cooked meals where you can actually control the amount of salt you put in it, I think, is one of the key ones. Mm-hmm. The second one is is exercise, uh, regular daily exercise, a thirty minute brisk walk every day. Um, will will take you uh, will, will give you tremendous impact both for your kidney and your heart health. It, it has a very beneficial impact into blood pressure. Blood pressure goes up as you exercise, but it will naturally come down to an even lower level after you've completed the exercise and remain that way for many hours. So that is wow. of tremendous benefit. And the other one that we see a lot is 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 overuse of of. Uh, over-the-counter pain medication, uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories um, that are typically used for management of musculoskeletal pains, headaches. They can have a negative impact both on kidney function and high blood pressure. So mm-hmm. avoiding overuse of those uh, is, is essential. I did this by accident when I had my all four wisdom teeth taken out and I was just popping and like Tic Tacs and I went, oh... <laughs> Maybe shouldn't have done that, but learnt my lesson. Got a got a quick, swift <laughs> word from the pharmacy when I went back very quickly for my for my next packet. Um, some fantastic advice there in general for health, but also some really useful insights in terms of where we are right now with telemedicine and the potential for the future. Dr. Martin Scarno, thank you so much for sparing the time to talk to us here on Arab Health. It's been an absolute pleasure um, and might see you again soon, either in person or again on a screen like we're chatting today. Thank you for your time at Cleveland Clinic. My pleasure, Helen. Thank you for having me. 
Eye on Health. With Arab Health. On Dubai Eye 103.8.